Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are on episode eight and we have a guest today. So before we get into all the good stuff, I want to briefly remind you all that you can be part of the podcast. If you have any questions, whether it's about a posture or teaching advice or something business related or you want to tell us a funny yoga story, you can go to our website, kayayogaschool.com slash podcast and submit a very simple voice memo from your phone and we'll feature your questions or your audio. And aside from that, we've got one bed left for our Joshua Tree Retreat in September of this upcoming, well, this year, this upcoming September. And that is an amazing retreat. It's going to go really fast. So check it out also on our website. Okay. So Bradshaw and Manny Garcia are about to join me and we have such a great episode in store for you today where we talk about creating a welcoming space for students of all levels. And we really just get to catch up with Manny and see what he's been up to. So Bradshaw, take it away. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited that you're here for this episode with one of our very good teacher friends, Manny. Manny, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thanks, Bradshaw. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. I mean, uh, I've known Manny, who's here, so I'm not going to speak about him like he's not here. He's here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just like pretend like he's not here and just talk to Gianna. Manny, I love Manny. No, um, Manny and I have known each other for for years now, a couple of years before the pandemic, where we were both Lululemon ambassador uh, ambassadors, and Manny's just a really well-respected uh, teacher around the studio, uh, around the studio, around the city, and we're ecstatic to to have him here. So, Manny, can you tell us a little bit of like how you started your teaching journey, your yoga journey, and just a little bit about who you are and what you're up yeah. to now, of course, and what you're up to now, of course. Yeah, for sure. Um, I started my teaching journey, um, as a bucket list thing. I had a, I have a thing for bucket lists. I like to, to like challenge myself, get outside of my comfort zone. So I took my very first yoga class, um, on a 27 before 27 bucket list. Um, that was my golden birthday and I loved it. And then my 30 before 30 bucket list was to become a yoga teacher. So I started that journey there. Um, and I very quickly fell into teaching full-time and um, worked at several studios throughout that time. And then eventually opened up a yoga studio myself. I am a founder and owner of the Collective Yoga Co-op and we have been operational since the pandemic, but um, just opened up our first studio uh, this January. So we're a couple months old. It's and amazing. Where is, where is this studio located, Manny? It's just so everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at 1830 West Foster. That's like Foster and Ravenswood and mm-hmm. like Andersonville, Ravenswood area. 
it's actually a really great location because it's like Andersonville, Uptown, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah. in between all, um, yeah, all of those areas. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's so like nice that there's a Lincoln Square, which is, yeah, it's like an intersection of literally four things. neighborhoods. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar with Chicago, we're talking Chicago. And I know it seems obvious to us three, like, of course, we're talking about Chicago. We have Australian listeners. Yeah, yeah. Now we have listeners in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. That's no big awesome. Deal. But anyway, getting back to talking about the yoga co-op, I've been following along on Instagram. And since I haven't been in Chicago, I just, it looks great. I can't wait to get there and visit. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Come visit. And also, Manny, there's like, there's not, it's surprisingly, we're talking again, for those of you who are not from Chicago, we're talking about the kind of northern side of the city. Uh, There's not a lot of studios up there. That's there's correct. A, yeah. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. You know? There's like, yeah. you know, the, the core powers and a couple of studios, but nothing compared to like other areas of the city. So it's it's really, really nice that that you're starting a community community up, up north. I'm super excited for you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're also kind of our own animal too. We're we're Illinois' first workers cooperative that is a yoga studio. So all of our teachers are also the owners of the studio. We're really community driven. Um, we have a sliding scale and um, we center LGBTQ plus uh, teachers and POC teachers so that we can hold space for our folks. We love that. Mm-hmm. So this is a really exciting, probably challenging and new venture that you're on. Let's get into it. What has been like the biggest lesson you've learned about the experience of having kind of an online space during COVID uh, for people to practice and doing events and then kind of having this brick and mortar, brick and mortar space? Like what's been the big, the biggest challenge or the, uh, the most rewarding? Oh my gosh. Um, everything <laughs> challenging about <laughs> opening a, a business really, mm-hmm. yeah. um, from like all of the paperwork that you have to go through with the city. Um, we didn't think that we were going to get approval for the paperwork. Cause it was like around the holidays and everyone was out of the office and no one was answer- answering their phones. So there was so much like just bureaucratic stuff you have to go through to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest eye opener to us, cause nothing like this exists, not in, not in Chicago anyway, right? We're the first ones who have tried this co-op model, this sliding scale uh, model, free yoga classes, regular free yoga classes model um, to really try to make yoga accessible. And it was, you know, we were not sure if any, any of this was going to work. So we did was we bought ourselves time quite literally with a space that had been vacant for almost a year um, and we just pitched like, Hey, we're a yoga studio We're we've been all pop up. We want to try on a brick and mortar. Can we buy six months of rent from you and then take it from there and see, mm. see how it goes. So the space was a big experiment to see if we could make money and survive as a yoga studio, as, as a business, the concept of paying as little as $5, no questions asked, like students have that ability on the sign up. They can pay whatever they want. Um, to take class with us. That was a big experiment. And we weren't sure if any of this was going to work. And three months in, um, we've grown a lot, like in students and in people um, just learning about the co-op and sharing about us that uh, we've already hit our six month goal in being able to stay in the space. So like this um, experiment of 
Will a sliding scale business work? Will um, taking away all the barriers that prevent people from from practicing work? Uh, it works, and we're mm -hmm. really happy to see that. And you're in month three. Is that we're right? in month three, and we can already we're in a financially in a place where we can extend our lease and and be That's there amazing. for years. That's awesome. That's so so yeah. so good. Um, have you found that because of the model, you're you're um, seeing students walk through the door that maybe would not have tried mm. yoga at elsewhere or at the several other studios we probably all have taught in throughout the city? Yeah, hundred percent. And we put right up on the door um, that we are worker owned, we're POC and LGBTQ owned, um, and that is a huge. I guess, signal to the community. Like I we feel want everyone here. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of, a lot of diverse students come in because it's stamped right there on the door. And it's not just like a talking point. It's literally who we are. Like mm -hmm. we are the people who own the business. We're the people who teach the classes come and join us. Yeah. Compared to like, we do one free class on Sunday with like a community class with a teacher who's never taught, <laughs> you know, like something like that. You have like, you know, all it's, it, that is like, Always. It's literally like every single, it's, it's like you're saying it's part of who you are. It's part of the business and that's super inspiring. So I'm wondering if, because you're reaching students who may have never tried yoga before, if you're approaching your classes differently or uh, changing up just your style and how you are introducing yoga to new, a new demographic. Yeah, I do teach similarly. Um, I do think kind of in general that my teaching, and I think a lot of us, our teaching has sort of changed since the mm -hmm. pandemic started, right? That like, you know, we had to get used to Zoom boxes and to being very specific with, with queuing, or we had to get more conversational because people, you know, were craving that sort of human mm -hmm. connection, right? And then when things could open back up again, I specifically was seeing a, a lot of students from a lot of different um, experiences of practice, right? People who've been practicing for a long time or people who started like on YouTube during the pandemic and now they're like ready to take in-person classes. So I think already my teaching has, has shifted um, and it just kind of is more of that in the co-op. I might have like a peak pose or like several peak poses like in my brain and mm -hmm. kind of determining like, what's what would serve the room best that day um, mm -hmm. rather than being super structured which is how I was pre-pandemic times mm -hmm. so I definitely use that um, as an accessibility point for for when I teach at, at the co-op mm -hmm. so I think that Bratch and I may have talked about like changing the way you teach to who's in the room or who you're teaching to and because you have this new space in a different part of the city I'm wondering if you've noticed any trends or little shifts that you've made just based on now this new environment Ooh, that's a good question um I definitely I mean maybe it's because we're a new studio maybe it's because of the area um where there isn't uh a yoga studio within sort of like an immediate radius. Uh, yeah, I'm noticing um, just in our in our student base, uh, we've got folks who are younger, folks who are older, folks who may have been practicing for a very long time, folks who are like brand new, um, more so than I'd say when I go teach at Zen. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and at Zen, I might hit like the the peak pose that I'd like sequenced for. Um, and then in co-op, I may, uh, just depending on the, on the, on the students in the room, I may have, uh, I may adapt the peak mm-hmm. pose that I mm-hmm. offer, totally. but they'll all like within be like within yeah. the same family. I think this is like a good thing to explore a little bit. All three of us are talking as teachers, but from a new student perspective, I'd love for us to get into like how to feel comfortable just approaching like beginning a yoga practice and like things teachers can do to help, you know, foster that, that like welcoming sense of, uh, you know, energy that we bring to the table. Yeah. Can I say something? I'm going to, I'm going to say something. So as Gianna (laughs) knows, I'm actually planning on uh, starting jujitsu next week. I've never done jujitsu, but I really, really, I'm like really eager to try something that I haven't done before. And like that I know nothing really about. Like I want to go do something that's structural, that like is not yoga, that I know nothing about, that's going to make me, you know, a little uncomfortable and outside of my comfort zone, all those things. And I'm nervous, you know, to go into a new space with people I don't know and in a culture that I don't know a lot about. Um, And it brings me like, I think that's important for me as a teacher to recognize because Mm -hmm. I think that as a teacher, I become, I'm so used to, like, I'm so in my world that like, I don't think often about stepping into that world and it being all new and how overwhelming that must be for students. Mm -hmm. So I'm like thinking, okay, like when I go into the space, I'm really interested to see how they make me feel welcome. And then like, and then and incorporating it into my teaching as well. You know what I mean? I like that. I, I'm just kind of interested in all those things. And it, that's, it's funny that we're talking about this because this is really something that I've been thinking about. Um, and I'm like, what would me make me feel welcome? It's like, well, someone welcome me in the room. Well, like, I know you've never been mm-hmm. like, and usually people say I've never done yoga before. And just being like, don't worry about it. Like, here's a space to set up. If you need anything, if you're confused, ask me after class, just move and breathe. And, you know, we're here for you. We're so happy that you're here. Mm-hmm. Just like making people feel welcome, even if it's going, it's going to be overwhelming. I think no matter what. Yeah. And you've been like nervous to start jujitsu to the point where you're like contacting people who do jujitsu <laughs> to help you feel <laughs> comfortable just walking in the gym. Ju- I'm not even kidding. So that's things that like I probably wouldn't have thought of because I've like, I've been teaching for a really long time. I'm super comfortable in the yoga space, but it's like interesting to get back in that mindset of like, Oh, they're like your, your like resistance to just walking through the jujitsu door. It could be, you know, super parallel to many people who are, you know, feeling just intimidated to like, just walk through the yoga studio door. So it's interesting. There's one thing that I think that is really miss, in my opinion, that's really missing for newer students, and that's fundamental classes, like beginners classes. I really, really, I do think that like you can be as kind as you want and welcome someone in and be like, just come to every class. Some people are just not like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am fine with that. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'll figure it out. Like I, I kind of like being in that environment, but a lot of people don't, they like structure, they like building blocks. They like to, you know, start really from basics. And I just think it's unfortunate that, um, we don't see those as much. And I know that it's because they don't fill if those classes yeah. filled, I think we'd see more of them, but I just really think that that is a disservice to all people practicing modern vinyasa. I don't know. Just yeah. A- agree. 
we're trying to figure we're trying to figure that out um, at co-op that mm-hmm. like we've tried on a couple and people haven't come right mm-hmm. so we're trying to see what would work like it does it look like a series of classes week over week where like maybe this week we break down what a sun salutation is this week mm-hmm. we break down what a warrior what the all the warriors are mm-hmm. you know that it becomes uh like curriculum i guess like a beginner's workshop like kind week. of like right I love yeah. that. Like just like a month long beginner series that you can run intermittently for, right. yeah. you know, like seasonal, like maybe, maybe once a season you run it. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask for my ideas or advice, but I'll just throw it no, out. That's, but no, but it's nice to to hear that. <laughs> no, because <laughs> like, oh, good, cool. Like on the right track, like someone else is thinking that that might be a good idea too. Yeah, so that's super well, helpful. If you want to ask good ideas, uh, Jenna always is really thinking, uh, Am I always like thinking about like stuff this like with, that. With like, not only business stuff, it just happens to that it's like business, but at the same time, I'm like, well, what do people need? Like what is missing? Yeah. Like how can we like serve the community better? And I think mm-hmm. that what Bradshaw's saying is totally true because I used to teach like an intro vinyasa class, like on the regular every week, it was Thursday mornings and I would get like two people, maybe one person. And it just, not that I needed it to fill up, but it also wasn't consistent. So they might come one Thursday and they don't come again for another mm-hmm. month or so. But if I actually had like a curriculum and plan like this month, just like you said, we're doing this, we're doing salutations, mm-hmm. then we're doing warriors, then we're doing standing bounces, then we're doing reclined and then prone and whatever. It, like it just I like- I also think that, sorry. I also think that in Chicago yeah, too, don't just off. like, I, I know, I would never cut you off. I never cut anyone <laughs> off again. I operate like that. That's not how I operate. I'm a wonderful listener. Um, is... <laughs> Let me get to my point, which, uh, well, I don't remember what it was. Oh, we, we just like never let Manny defends. talk again. Yeah, it's we just never us. let Manny talk. We're like, Manny, thanks for listening to us talk. Thanks for coming. No, it's it's that like we, in like I think Chicago as a culture, as like a fitness culture is like very fitnessy. And that also translates to yoga. I do not think that's a bad thing at all. I really don't. But I think that within that, when someone sees fundamentals or beginners or basics, they associate that with being easy. Like they're not going to get a workout and it's just like, why spend the hour if like, I'm not, I'm, it's going to be basics or it's, you know, um, which that's a whole other problem doing the basics. Yeah. If you're doing the basics, right. Then it's, you know, I always often find those classes are harder than just like flopping yourself around your mat, but just my opinion. (laughs) What do you think of everything we just said, Manny? (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I think it is hard because then, you know, that's where like the ego steps in, right? Where we're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to sign up for a beginner class or like an intro class, right? That, that, how do you strike that balance of like, it's, I mean, there's a marketing element to it, right? Where you have a, a intro level class, but how do you make people sign up for it without, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, like kind of what Bradshaw was saying, maybe like, how do you get them to sign without it? Feeling... But it's also, 
it's a predicament as teachers though, because I, there are times like when I, like Manny, you teach on Sunday at nine, correct? And it's a really yes. busy class. You don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. I teach a Saturday at night. It's a really busy class. And I feel bad. I really do as a teacher feel badly when I see someone come into class and it's just like, there's a lot of people in there. They've never done yoga before and they get overwhelmed. There's nothing as a teacher that I can do because there's, you know, however many other students I can welcome them, make it, but like, I can't tailor that class to one person. And if, if there's 50 people right. in there, I also can't be over at that one person trying to teach them what a sun salutation is. It's just not realistic. But then that results in that person being, you know, a lot of the time, I think being like, I'm not coming back. I don't have no idea what's going on. No one helped me. And I think that that's, I do think that that's an issue. And I think that's unfortunate. And I wish that it wasn't like that. Yeah. I mean, they need a, a, a gateway in to be able to, to get to that place, right? That's why I think maybe this, curriculum focus, like might take some of that, like, well, I'm not signing up for a beginner class kind of mindset um, out of it, because then the focus switches to like, oh, we're going to talk about warriors today. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about Chaturanga mm -hmm. today. We're going to talk about standing balances today. So that like, maybe they feel like they're signing up for class content rather than just like, you know, intro to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. And something that we learned, Bradshaw and I, from our teacher, Jason, is that students want to know what they're going to learn, and they'll be more likely to understand what you're trying to teach them if you know, if they know what they're trying to learn. So to your point, like just laying it out like that is so much more digestible rather than like having a random thing every Thursday and like no build up to the concept that you're trying to get them to di to di digest. Mm -hmm. And I think the example Jason used is like imagine you're teaching like the violin but every single time you taught someone the violin it's a different song. It's a song. different song. Yeah. And it's right. like how are they ever going to like like play play the violin if it's a new song every day? So I kind of I like actually that. play the violin. I play the violin in every song. Every day is a new song. <laughs> You should, you should hear it. That makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been holding a secret that I actually am a professional. <laughs> Stupid. Wait, have um, you, did your school make you like play an instrument? Like no, growing the, I up? mean, did you have I, no, I, did, I didn't go to an, I didn't probably didn't go to an, like a nice school like you did, but. Uh, uh, did you have to learn an instrument, Manny, like in school growing up? The, the flute, the plastic um, thing. Yeah, I literally played the flute. Uh, the recorder, yeah. <laughs> the the recorder was was required. Um, I mean, I would love I also... if you played that in class. Can you please the Can you please play the recorder in class? Because I will come Definitely every single don't day. Know how to play the recorder anymore? It was what like eight? But my heart will go on. He's on the recorder, and I'm in the background. Like... <laughs> Uh, but, but I also come from Asian American parents. So, I mean, like I've been enrolled in piano since I was like four years old. So do you still play the piano? I, um, I have my piano. Um, that's what I did, uh, before my yoga life. No um, way. I didn't know that. Wait yeah. a second. We're learning. We're digging deep. <laughs> did, you do did you do classical? Well, I was a singer songwriter, um, oh, for Manny, years before you're like, probably cause you never asked. <laughs> why don't you sing for us? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'll my goodness. After class. <laughs> Do you ever sing in class? Um, other than an ohm? No. Yeah. Um, okay, it's a, it's a fine line to it. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 Bradshaw's face. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, no, it's a fine line because we like we had Margo who is in the podcast and she has a really beautiful voice and she sings and it works. It just it does like she can sing and you're like, okay, this is making me uncomfortable. But sometimes when people sing, I do. I get um, what's it called? secondhand embarrassment or um what's it called like when <laughs> when you're like oh I don't think you should do that it's like when someone pulls out a guitar at a party and it's like if you pull out a guitar at the party you probably can't play the guitar I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't be that cynical I'm not cynical <laughs> <laughs> um I you made me think of a question I know we're getting on a music tangent but what we were saying about curriculum and like kind of drawing people back in, like I've heard a little like gossip around the studio about something you do that I think is brilliant. And so this, this yeah, I've heard students chatter about you telling stories while teaching and leaving them with the cliffhanger so that they have to come back to your class <laughs> to hear the rest of the story. And I think that is like marketing brilliance. So can you tell that is true. That? I do do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's literally the gossip around like the, the students that I, that I hear. They're like, Are you going back to hear the rest of Manny's story on Friday? Manny, like, that's so smart. That's so smart. And then I would just <laughs> never finish the story. I mean, the thing is, so I do it every year and students look forward to it every year. Um, I tell the story of the Ramayan, right? Ancient Indian text where we get um, a lot of yoga poses, uh, Hanumanasana splits comes from the Ramayan, all the bows come from the Ramayan. It's the weapon that um, our heroes fight with. And it's also like, it's A, one of the like oldest epics in, in existence in the world. Um, it's thought to be older than orally older than um, the Iliad or the Odyssey that like, um, even though it was written down a little bit later, there are a lot of like threads of, of overlap um, between the Ramayan and Western epics. Um, it's also thought to be the first like love story that was ever written ever. So like there's, there's a lot of familiar themes that we, that, we as humans are, are, are familiar with from other texts, but maybe haven't heard it in this way. Um, it's also like kind of uh, the story itself is serves as an inspiration for many other stories that follow it, right? not just the Iliad, but um, I've had students come up to me after like, this is so the story of Mario brothers. And I'm like, it is the story <laughs> of Mario brothers. That's so funny. But, is there actually um, a story there? Is there a story of Mario? Like, like re rescuing kinda... prin princess? Yeah. yeah. So in a nutshell, Ramayana is, is if you're unfamiliar with, with what this text is, um, it tells a story of uh, a young prince named Ram, and he has his best friend, brother Lakshman, and uh, Ram's wife, Sita, gets kidnapped by a demon named Ravana. And they go on this massive search all across India to find Sita. And on the way, they meet some friends, one of which is Hanuman, the monkey god, who um, flies over the ocean to help find her. So you have all these like characters and you have this story of someone who's lost and people trying to find them. I'm like, can you keep going? I'm like, Manny, can you keep going, please? Because I'm Here's like, the thing about Bradshaw. He's an excellent <laughs> yoga teacher, but he's not you haven't done a deep dive into any of the major epics. I have to. No, I have not. I have to out I, you I, on that. So he, but, but every time I talk about them, he's like, oh, this is a really great story. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, you start telling the story. I'm like flying over the ocean. Keep going. Yeah. Man. Sri Lanka to India. That's where splits come from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
How long does that last, Manny? How long does that like that story last? Like, how long do you do it for? Um, I keep the series. So in general, I sequence long form. So like I'll keep something for like four or five weeks, maybe even a little bit longer. So this particular story, um, I do probably about four weeks. Uh, and I do it usually in February. Um, sort of when we, we like get into that like winter slump and um, it keeps people like engaged and it's a nice like, you know, way to open the hips, right? Hanumanasana, we do a lot of bow shapes opening the back, which is great in wintertime. So I sort of like put those two things together and then keep them coming with a, with a story so that they can, you know, mm -hmm. find, find a little bit of consistency and like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to go back and hear more. Yeah. I'm, I think having an internal moment of just like laughing inside because my like dumbass was thinking that you were telling like personal stories <laughs> 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 just from the Did gossip really around that. Yeah. I had no clue what the students were talking about and they were, yeah, we're so like, we're like, we're like, what are the stories Manny's telling in there? Yeah. Literally, literally, I was like, what is he like getting personal about Jenna's Friday like, you know night he, or something? You know that he tells a lot of stories. I'm like, I wonder what his stories are about. We're like, they're at, they're like the stories of yoga. That's what they're no, about. But literally no one has made mention around the studio that you were teaching them basically like I Hindu philosophy. I didn't know that. I'm just talking about what I gathered from like, you know, the murmurings around students after class. No one made it seem like he was actually doing like educational, historical, <laughs> philosophical stories that I was literally really thinking like are you like talking about your weekend while they're in warrior two? <laughs> i was gonna say what did you think i was telling them <laughs> i know i don't i knew it was yoga related i don't know like what i've had teachers do that before where yeah, they'll that's just a very, like, that's talk... like very like old school yeah. baptiste yeah, yeah yeah for sure i've had teachers before start going on tangents about like what they did in their teacher training or their travels and i like i kind of thought you were doing more personal tidbits like that but i like have so much more intrigue and respect that you're actually like providing a more cultural and historical foundation in your classes. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how I lead with my classes. I think when I was a new teacher, it was very just asana oriented. And then, um, as I sort of grew as a teacher, as I did my 300 hour, as I sort of learned more and read more. And even in this season of my life, I practice my yoga less in the asana form, more in mm -hmm. the meditative, more in the focus form. Right. So I share a lot of that, that stuff with, with students. So there's always going to be some kind of like historical or philosophical element in my classes to pay respect to the practice. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now I'm sad that I wasn't coming to your classes more while, <laughs> while I was <laughs> we're, we're actually, we're going to, we're going to call you tonight. We're going to face them. you like, can you tell us the story again? <laughs> <laughs> Gian and I are like we're in bed we're like eating popcorn on zoom just like listening to me <laughs> I mean you can I think it's on the live replay so like, yeah right somewhere do oh my god I'm gonna do that I'm gonna go to like February 2021 and just start there <laughs> every manning class <laughs> but it's also it's like so cool to see in the students to like it's not just the story like you're providing cultural context for like this is the shape you're in and this is where it came from mm -hmm. right so like i try and it, it doesn't always happen but i always try and hit the part of the story where like hanuman's flying over the ocean to sri lanka and he's he jumps in the air he takes a big leap of faith and he splits his legs apart and the wind carries him over right i try mm -hmm. to hit that moment where they're in splits 
so that, and then you see it across the room, everyone's eyes just close and they just imagine flying over the ocean. And it's mm-hmm. so freaking cool to see them develop that kind of, it's a relationship with the, with the yeah. practice, right? They're deepening their practice mm-hmm. and the roots of it, which is, I think to me, that's, that's a win right there. Mm-hmm. Well, you're providing something educational about the practice outside of the physical, mm-hmm. which is essential to the practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. And a fun totally. little fact is Hanuman is my favorite. Oh, I, I love Hanuman too. Is, is he your favorite? I think Hanuman's my favorite. Yeah. 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 Ganesha is like a close second. That's what I was going to say. Ganesha is like a close second. We have a lot in common. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Freaking love Hanuman. There's like one of my favorite quotes and I don't want to mess it up is when Ram asks Hanuman um, who he is. Do you know that that quote? No, tell me. Okay, so Ram, Ram asks Hanuman like who he is when they first meet. And Hanuman says, when I don't know who I am, I serve you. And when I know who I am, I am you. And that is just such a metaphor for just like being lost in life. Like when you, when you're lost in life and you don't know like where you're going or your path forward, just be of service and you'll find your path. But then when you are in living in your truth, then you are, you realize, you know, you and the God are not different. It's one in the same. Like you I feel are, like I'm you are divinity. You, oh, come on, Bradshaw. I'm constantly in service to you. That's true. I'm like, chop, chop, Google I'm, alert. <laughs> I, I'm constantly lost and I'm just looking at you. <laughs> no, but isn't that like a really sweet, no, that's profound, a pretty yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. That is a good one. Um, and I, uh, you know, as we kind of conclude talking about all of these amazing stories that you incorporate into class, I also think that can be something really inspiring for students. Like you're saying that you're providing that educational uh, aspect beyond the physical. And like I, you know, for, for Manny and for Gianna, like, what do you think when you first started practicing yoga, when you were more of a beginning, what, like a beginner was inspiring to you? Like what would make you kind of come back to class outside, outside of the physical? Cause I know we can always say the physical, but outside of the physical. Yeah. I'll let Manny start. Do you need a second? Um, I can start. You ask the question and you want to start. <laughs> That's okay. right too, though. Yes. <laughs> no, Manny, you go. So for me, the whole reason that I, so yeah, I came to yoga. My first class, my yoga class was on my like bucket list, my birthday bucket list. I want to do these things before I turn this age. Um, I kept going um, because it was from a place of like healing. Um, I, have, I had a really bad uh, infection growing in my chest for like a year, um, where doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, I was in and out of the hospital for a really long time. And then when I was finally like on the mend and cleared to do physical activity again, um, they were like, you can't go back to the gym. You can't go running. You can't get your heart rate up a certain, uh, like past a certain, you know, whatever, um, you have to do something like that's easier on your body and you can take it you know, at, at a slower pace. So I was like, well, I really like yoga when I, when I took those few classes, uh, from my bucket list. So, um, 
I was like, I'm just going to go back to uh, the yoga room. And for me, it was like getting that permission um, to just be able to like, you know, if you need rest, sit in child's pose or, or take an early Shavasana. Like for me, getting that permission to just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not at hundred percent. I'm, I'm healing from this sickness that I had had for a full year that like, it's okay for me to take it one step at a time. So, um, being given that permission and I would just do half the class and then lay down for the rest of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but it helped me feel better, not just physically, but it helped me like detach from that. But I have to go back to the gym and lift weights, but I have to, you know, run the five K's, 10 K's that I was like previously running. Um, but I, it like helped meet myself where I was at. And I think I really needed that, um, in my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there something that a teacher did to help facilitate you like coming back? Like, like, did you know just right away? Like, okay, I can do a child's pose whenever, like I can lay down for half the class and that's okay. Like, was there an introduction that you got that like helps you feel like you can kind of pick and choose and just take what you need and leave the rest or you just kind of were like yolo i'm doing it my way <laughs> i think it was more it was more the latter but i think okay. <laughs> just even just the the mention that like child's pose is always there mm-hmm. and then i think previously had never really taken it and was like well child's pose is always there so mm-hmm. one day i you know i took it and i was like oh yeah i, I really needed that yeah i had um a similar experience. And I talked about this in our first episode of just like finding yoga through like trying to get through a bunch of um, grief and anxiety and depression when I was um, a a teenager. But something that helped me come back because I really did not like it. Like I would go in, hate it, leave, and then like dread going back. And then something someone said to me that stuck with me is like, you know, the thing we've all heard, like, try a couple of teachers out, try a couple of styles out, like, it's okay, if I don't resonate with you, like, I had a teacher, like, talk to me after class, because I must have looked like I was just suffering and like, never wanted to be back there, like, try this style, try this teacher, and, you know, just kind of like finding my groove within the studio of like, which format suited me and whose style I can, you know, get into more than others. Cause for me, like it, there was nothing worse than getting through an hour of a class where you just like, don't understand anything that's happening. And then there's like nothing like personable to help you kind of feel like welcome or, or like seen, like, it's all just like, like Sanskrit at first. Like that was really hard for me to like, just be like, I don't know anything. This is early 2000s. So I think people speak a lot more in just like anatomy and, you know, like physical biomechanic cues than they did back then, or at least where I was practicing, it would just be like, inhale Virabhadrasana exhale chaturanga like it was like very simple sanskrit and i i just had no clue what was happening ever so like having the permission to just like try a bunch of teachers and styles and like again like you said a child's pose or just lie down i someone taught me how to 
uh, make the block formation where you can take like a supta baddha with, you know, the blocks in a bolster. And I sometimes would just like lay there like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't do everything, but I still feel better leaving. And then it's like, you do it enough and you're like, well, yeah, I'm still, I, I feel better than I did, you know, when I first walked in the door. And then that kind of like ripples out. You catch a little groove with it until eventually I was taking, you know, double chaturangas one day. I don't know. I don't know where that happened along the line, but I think talking to students beforehand. Oh, another thing. Sorry. I'm jumping around when I was very, very, very new. A teacher told me to set up behind a friend or a regular that she had in class. And that was really helpful. She's like, Oh, you're new. Your first time here. She's like, why don't you set up your mat behind this person? And this way, like, I didn't have to like look yeah. around the room. They're like, like she knew that this person knew enough without being the person who like advanced their practice, you know, yeah. to like, this wasn't the person who was like handstanding in every vinyasa. This is the person mm -hmm. who like, kind of just like did the flow. That was super helpful. That's also really helpful as a teacher. Sure. You're, so that's like, cause you can be like, okay, so uh, honestly, like if someone's like, if people are in the front, I always look at the front of the room. If I have new people in there and I'm like, okay, good. I have like four people that come a lot. They like, they do, they do what I'm teaching. Like people doing hands, whatever, like do your own thing. But like, it's, it's hard when you have newer people and those people are in the front doing handstands. It's really confusing. So when I have like five regulars in the front who know what they're doing, it's like, it really is like, oh God, thank God. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not doing the class and teaching. Cause I don't teach yeah. that way. I know you don't either Bradshaw, but like, I don't, Same. yeah, I don't, I hardly demo. If I'm demoing, it's cause mm. I need to demo it. I'm not just like going through the entire practice. So. Yeah. I think also just thinking about the like access point for beginners I think it's also like the studio culture too, sort of, mm -hmm. um, that plays a big role. Um, having taught at many different places, right. That like the culture is different in every studio. Right. So like specifically with co-op, what we are trying to do is we try to, we try to just make it feel really homey. Like it looks like a living room when you walk in, um, we got like a tea station that like students will often just help themselves to, to like, sit down and, and, you know, have a little cup. Uh, Zen's got that too. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we have, uh, it's part of the practice. Like when you grab your props, you grab a consent chip as well, um, for hands-on assist and adjust. And just, that's the, the biggest feedback we've gotten is that just having that be part of the studio culture that like you grab a consent chip and it can stay on red, which means no, um, to assist today or yellow. And that means yes to assist today. And you can change that throughout just the fact that they have the agency of choice, right. Gives them a lot of comfort. So like when that is sort of, when you build the culture of the studio around, uh, choice and, and, um, access points and non-judgment, right. That like your students start to embody that too. So that when they see new people come in, um, they know how they felt the first mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So I'll very, very commonly see like students walk new students to the back and be like, yeah, here's where the props are. And then these are the consent chips. Like just put one at the top corner of your map. So like if you build the the community that you sort of 
they, they end up just helping want you out. to see. Yeah, they, they, right. It just all serves each other, right? Mm-hmm. What do you both think about this? So I worked at a corporate place that I, I won't get into, <laughs> but I thought this when was anyone, pretty- When Gianna ever starts a story like this, I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> this is, so the corporate structure was very, very structured. Like they, they detailed like what we can sequence, you know, at what time you should be at what point in your sequence. So it was without getting into that nitty gritty, one thing they wanted us to do with beginners because it was their policy to not, um, to not do the class while teaching that if you saw someone look confused or looking around to walk up to them and to then start doing the practice right alongside their mat, I always personally felt very weird about this. I'm like, I feel like that might single them out and bring like unwanted attention or like they're wearing like a big L on their forehead. But that's just me because I'm like extra sensitive to like making anyone feel singled out. What do you think about that? I think that that I wouldn't listen to anything that that place that you were talking about told you. (laughs) (laughs) that's a simple answer but I think there's something to be said for I think that there's different you can you can help someone out but doing the entire thing is different than helping someone out being like oh like if you like this person has no idea what warrior two is like going over and doing warrior two doing the entire practice I think would be like okay like I never said the entire practice but like for the parts that they look confused about I don't know I think you go either way I don't really feel like one way or the other about it yeah I think I think um it's also like kind of just gauging that moment, right? Like uh, if I can tell that a student is confused, doesn't know which way to turn mm-hmm. or looks a little bit lost and I can see the frustration that like taking, you know, the chaturanga next to them or something um, might help them feel a little bit better because they might be looking for a body mm-hmm. uh, to watch, I guess. Um but I think it's all in like the way in which you deliver that, I suppose. Like when I, when I do that kind of thing, which is not very often, right. I try and rely, rely on cues much like you two. Um, but like when that is happening, I might give like an affirmation right after that, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, nice job on your foot and warrior two, you know, yeah. like then they feel like they're learning, I guess. That's sort of how I handle that situation. Another thing that I like to do too, with new students, if they're like, you know, I don't really know what a chaturanga is, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, when do you come? Like, if it's the, if I have like, I'm in between classes, I'll either like help them for like five minutes there. Or I say, Hey, are you coming next week? They're like, Oh, I'm coming tomorrow. I'm like, like, I'll be there before class. Come to me, remind me, we want to work on it. We can go over this before class. You know what I mean? So it's like fresh in their mind the next time they come in and just knowing that they're like, that you're available to them. Um, cause sometimes it's, it's I, like you're saying, like what I'm thinking more about what you were saying, like do, do it with them. I think that sometimes they may just have a couple questions mm-hmm. and those, those questions could be answered in a really simple, efficient way, uh, before the next class or, in so, you know, something like that, if they have like specific questions. And then you just got my like wheels turning sort of to kind of come full circle and how we were talking about like. Gianna, if you were saying a seasonal, seasonal, right? Like beginners, um, like here's a rework on Chaturanga. Here's a rework on Warrior 2. But if that's always like 
kind of a thing that happens every every season, right? Every few months, right? That like, if these students have these questions, right? There's always somewhere that they can go to get that knowledge. Um, yeah. I would be curious how it would work to just invite even your seasoned practitioners to that, you know, because for example, I only did a 200 hour training just because I wanted to like learn more about the practice and I wanted like more time and attention. So I think even from that perspective of like, it doesn't have to be your first entry point, even though it's great for that. It can be for someone who just wants like context on, you know, alignment or post families or whatever it is and, mm-hmm. and like have the space where it can be more dialogue than just like, you know. I think that a lot of people just, again, people who have been practicing for a long time just were never taught that. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I would also say that there's a lot of people that practice that are really strong, but can also refine their practice. A lot of people, you know, to learn the uh, intricacies and the skillfulness of the postures. And I really think that that's missing. And that's something that we can incorporate, hopefully, more into our teaching. And we can translate that to our students. I agree. And I know all three of us can commiserate about this because we'll have regulars. And how many times have you seen like a regular do chaturanga with their like head touching the floor or, you know, a half lift with a really rounded back. And these are just examples that like so many people do. This is not like pinpointing out anyone. No, I didn't read real. I was doing chaturanga looking at my feet for three years. I know the head <laughs> dipping in chaturanga is actually my friends, one like, of my, my big The teacher was like, you're looking at your feet. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like your neck is like fully like down to your chest. Like you're smacking your forehead on the floor in chaturanga. Is that before or after the spinal wave upwards? Into oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, wait, wait, wait. Shout <laughs> yes. out. Wait, okay. Speaking, and this is shout out to our friend who will not mind us sharing this because we're obsessed with her, Marlene. Marlene, I, we love her to pieces. She's fucking yeah. amazing. Self-aware, she, too. Self-aware. We love her. She's fucking hysterical. But she will swan dive. Like, I think she's going into a goddamn pool. <laughs> I'm like, did she, is she Greg Luganis? Like, did she just make it to the Olympics? Wait, because she also. She also will bend come her- up. She will come up and stand. And I think that she's going to rocket herself into the goddamn sky. I've never seen anyone like it before. <laughs> I know. And my favorite, Marlene. She loves it. We're like, Marlene, this is so dramatic. She's like, I know. <laughs> she does. I, that, I love people. I love people like that. They're like, they're committed. Like people are committed and they know like yeah. that it looks kind of crazy. I'm just like, you know what? Fucking keep doing it. Get it it's very theatrical. It's like every yeah. time you're like in hell, reach she, was a th- she went to theater school. I didn't know that, but she will bend her knees when you're saying inhale, reach up, Urdhva Hastasana. She bends her knees and then extends fully straight, arms flailing, spirit fingers. I'm like, what is happening? It's 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 like when she folds forward, it's like she's bowing for her last Broadway performance of cabaret. (laughs) Like I at least know that we'll have one listener who enjoys this segment and it's gonna be Marlene. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. We've talked a lot, but we've talked for we an over have an hour. We a need lot. to talk let's, about. Let's say one thing though, or before yeah. we get into funny things. Yeah. I want, because we just talked about all of this stuff that should excite a new practitioner and even seasoned practitioners who are um, maybe living in the North side of Chicago. Can you tell them just a little bit again, where you can find you if you have any upcoming events and things like that? A little self promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, we're in Chicago. 
on the north side at um, 1830 West Foster at uh, Foster and Ravenswood. And uh, we're the Collective Yoga Co-op. And that's also our website, thecollectiveyogacoop.com. I'll throw an at in front of that. And that's our Instagram at the Collective Yoga Co-op. We are sliding scale. We do have membership. I mean, that helps us keep our business operational. It helps us support the free classes that we're able to offer. We've got a ton of stuff coming up um, in April uh, with an arm balance workshop and meditation workshop and even like a little plant swap for growing season. Um, so really just trying to build community. I know Bradshaw, you're down the street. Come by. Did you just <laughs> say I love plant that. swap? Yeah. Bradshaw's yeah. got a lot of plants. You don't give away the yeah, plant yeah. I gave you. Bro. Oh, I'm not going to give away my plants. No one's getting my fucking plants, but I'll take someone else's plant. <laughs> I mean, um, like I'm swimming in cuttings right now. So I'm like, what if we just put Manny, on, are you like, trying to turn me on? Are you trying to turn me on? <laughs> swimming in cuttings? Is it working? <laughs> oh my also, God. Manny, when I saw your apartment on Instagram, everyone felt what's your Instagram, Manny? Yeah. At Manny Garcia Life. Okay, we love that. So um <laughs> we were you were just posting something on Instagram and your apartment was so clean, and I was just like, duh, like it's just when I think about you, man, I'm just like put together. Like, are like you a Virgo? Apartment... No, I'm a Taurus. Oh, oh yeah, that's but you're also Earth. You're Earth. Yeah, okay. she's yeah. So yeah. like, you, I saw good. his place was <laughs> picture perfect. Plants were laid for the gods, and I was like, of course, of course, Minnie's place looks like that. Like, I was like, I was looking through my Instagram. I'm like, of course, this is Minnie's place. I mean, I could give you some of those cuttings. Yeah, you've also never invited me, and I lived down the street. I've also never invited you, so that's fair. <laughs> fair yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about the funny thing about yoga, and you have to you two have to go first because I don't have anything right now, so I gotta figure out something out. Okay, so the funny thing about yoga, we briefly explain this. It's just like any funny story that you can think of. I got one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it be. Okay, okay, I got one. So I you'll love this, G. You'll love this because this is so tracks for me. When uh -huh. I was um before I started teaching at Bare Feet, I would sign people into class, but I couldn't spell anyone's name. And I would literally be like, Rachel. I'm like, how do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> and I they're like, R. I'm like, oh, I would get like so nervous because there'd be like a line out the door. And you know me with my anxiety. I was just like, ah, ah. and then like literally the owner would be like, I'll do it. Oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. The worst is when you spell the name wrong and then they somehow see it. And it's like, I don't know, this happened to me more bartending, not, <laughs> not in yoga classes, but I like give a receipt and they'd be like, what did you think my name was? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or I've definitely, I had a student once where I was saying her name wrong for two years. Oh, uh, well, she didn't tell you. me. She shame didn't tell me you. that's their fault though, because they should have told me that, 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 that was not their name in, in your defense. If this is even a defense, you didn't know my name for the first like four months of our friendship. And you still, I still don't know. As soon as you started making me money, I remember your name. Okay. That's actually true. <laughs> that is so true. You, he had, he had my name in his phone. Yeah. What as, was your name is? It was like what? Gina, like G, or you had it, then you had it, it was like G the Great. And I was like, do you it's know still my Gianna real... the Great. It's still Gianna the Great. That's Yeah, but at least bonus. you changed it from Gina. But like until I started making you money, you did not learn my name. <laughs> it is so true. Okay. Okay. What about you, G? Okay. So this is also another teacher that like got me into yoga. He was, it was very comical. He would teach very sing-songy, like you all of his, yeah, all of his cues somehow rhymed 
for, for example, he'd be like knee to nose. Now elevate the pose. <laughs> I love Heels, it. Hips I and love <laughs> knee to, to nose. nose. Now elevate, elevate the, pose. the pose. That's when we would like reach up to like, you know, was he like an older homosexual in Florida? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I can see it. He now. was like, shoulders, hips, and hands. I don't know everything. Right? I was like, how does he think of this? And I felt like I was in a music video. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing court. I'm doing a lot of knee to nose. So I'm going to say knee to nose, elevate that pose. Yeah. That's like in my head forever now in perpetuity. Oh my God. What about you? Many, oh many, many. Uh, story about yoga. Yeah. yeah. It could, be about, teaching, you, it could about be about students, you, about students, about teaching. Stu- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you're, if it's about a student, name them and let people know their address. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my god, I'm gonna embarrass myself here. Um. That's, oh, that's okay. I already told one about me. Well, I haven't told that one. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> We're gonna get there one day. We have to do this every episode. Oh my, yeah. yeah. Oh, you you do this every episode. Yeah. So yeah. I have a running list of like a hundred stories I could tell. <laughs> I'm sure there's one like less embarrassing one, but this is one that comes to mind. Um, It was pandemic Zoom yoga where like no one was in person yet. We were all just online. And I don't know. I think like the night before I just ate something that was not good. It did not agree with me. I'm Um, already loving this story. This is my story. (laughs) We've we've all been there. I love poop. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I, you know, woke up extra early. It was like a morning class. I woke up like extra early, like got myself together. It was like, all right, I think I'm fine. I'm like halfway through the class. I'm like sweating. And I'm just like, just whatever I ate last night was like not wanting to be in me anymore. So I uh, had them halfway through. I think I like took them into plank and it was like some kind of core thing. And then I was like, your core is warm. Pro pose. Take some time playing with that. And then I like turned off my camera and my, and I was like, you know what? Um, FedEx is here and they just keep ringing my doorbell. I just, I have to go sign for a package really quick. And so <laughs> I like muted camera off. And then I ran to the bathroom and I came back like three minutes later and I was like, beautiful crows, everybody. And that was my story. <laughs> Playing it off. Manny, yeah. I would just like to say that like you should not feel ashamed for that because that's literally happens to me at least once a month. A couple of days ago at Chicago Athletic Clubs, I put people in child's pose because I thought I was going to shit myself during class. Put them in child's pose, <laughs> literally went downstairs, ran two floors down. I shit oh, faster than I've ever shit in my entire life <laughs> and so ran back upstairs and to get them out of child's pose. Cause I was like, I literally was like, if I don't go, if I don't go now, I'm going to shit on, I'm going to shit on someone's mat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily it was in zoom time. So yeah, thank God. Like, this is camera. Yeah, this was in microphone. real life. <laughs> and then my boss is like, aren't you supposed to be in your class? I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you get away with a lot, but thank God you remember to mute yourself. <laughs> All right. On that um, shitty note, it was a pleasure to have you, Manny. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. We really respect you. And we're so happy that you were able to, to join us today. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks you too. This is so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Everyone go follow Manny, check out the yoga co-op and as always give us a five-star review. Yeah. And if you don't give us a (laughs) five-star review, 
don't leave us it. Yeah, don't review. review. We don't want. <laughs> we only we want, want five star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everyone. Bye. Your body's a wonderland. Ba da ba, ba da ba, ba da ba, ba da Your body's a wonderland. Da da da, 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 da da